Good evening. Welcome to Karl Marx Does the Washing Up. Uh, where we ponder ludicrous metaphysical nonsense in the time it takes to make five Tesco's basic microwave meals. Which is around 21 minutes. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'm Shai Telly. And I'm Elias Kassam. And today, actually, we're going to talk about death. Why do you say that? Like, as if you're about to die. Uh, like, uh, it's like morbid. Uh, kind of, like, well, uh, my, uh, my grandmother just passed away. So it's like quite a fresh thing for me. Uh, and I'm ooming and ahhing about whether we should discuss this okay, yeah. in case I come out with something uh, real. Yeah, real, right? Or like you start uh, bursting into tears. It is exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so my my grandmother passed away, and uh, even though she was old and unwell, the way that she passed away was a real tragedy. Like she had a peaceful passing in the end, but there was an there was an accident, and it was like a real real tragedy, right? And in Hinduism, you have this process where you mourn for 10 days. So all the family come around your house and you pray together, you eat together, and you reminisce on, on the person that's died together. And it's a really beautiful 10-day process. And when I say the whole family, I mean the whole family. So on day six, you have a big prayer and 647 people came. That's how big my mother's family is, right? 647. That's people. just family. That's just family. 647, right? Whoa. So I'd like to give a speech about my grandmother's life. I should have mentioned the podcast, actually. It's like a good marketing opportunity. Uh, but anyway, so this happens, <laughs> right? And then just during this, during this whole process, uh, my mother calls me donkey. So she's like, uh, she's like uh, donkey, why did, why did God let this happen? You know, your grandma spent her whole life praying to God, and then God killed her in such a terrible, terrible way, and now we're praying to God. Uh, to take care of her in the next life. Why would God let this happen? And my mum like, was asking me this question every single day. And I was just like, you know, mum, I, I don't have the answer to this. I really don't. And like, my mum is like crying. And she's like, just say something to make it better. And uh, I, like, I couldn't say anything, right? So like, what, do you, what do you think? Like, like, what role does God play in death, if any? And does death... Uh, in death, does God help us overcome what's happened? Like a lot of people look towards God, but I really felt like my mother lost faith in God because of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that, and that idea really blew my mind. We're like praying to God and all this stuff, but the fact that she was losing faith while, faith while doing so really got to me. Is, how, how did she actually die? I don't think okay. I'm ready to discuss okay. it. Yeah, I still don't. I still haven't fully processed it myself um wow yeah (laughs) um so i don't know i feel like this is maybe not the most sensitive thing in in context of the of death but i feel like there's this question that often comes up it's like why do bad things happen to good people yeah that's true yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like that's often the place where people stop believing in god they're like well if there was a god there wouldn't be so much pain and yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah um and i I don't know if, like, from maybe not very, like, necessarily comforting or anything, but the way I see it is that, uh, like, that question is very human-centric. It is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very anthropocentric. And uh, I think that it's not bad things happening. They're they're not bad things happening to people. All this pain or stuff, it's like, when I think of God, I don't think of it like God's this sort of... um, 
person who's created human species and then this garden for the humans to play yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Rather that it's like a force, like a creative energetic force that like forms and uh, self-maintains and sustains an ecological system, right? And all the sort of pain and individual things that and death and everything that happens within that system is to sustain the system as a whole, not to sustain human beings. Or sustain one human being in particular, right? To, yeah, yeah, sustain yeah. one human yeah, being yeah. in particular. Um, and What about within the wider context of death, though? How, like, how do you mean? So, you know, uh, in death, we... So with my grandma, for example, we, we reminisced about her life, right? Uh, but those... We potentially didn't do that enough during her own during life, right? Her, yeah. But because you don't, well, you don't, you don't pay reverence as much to the things when they're present, when they're with you. It's only when you, you, in a sense, like the absence of something gives like a grandeur to it because you understand like the weight it had in your life. Right. So like often, like with a, even with like a girlfriend or romantic relationships, there's that sort of that missing is sometimes more powerful than the actual like. The experience of being the presence of being yeah, yeah. with somebody, and it's in the space from them that you realize how much you like them or how much it actually affects your life not having them. Right? But I, I don't want to exist in a space where I have to die for people no, no, to right. understand yeah, yeah. my greatness. No, 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 we've got a podcast. We've got <laughs> so that takes also, care of that. And it, also, even in death, we live on through the podcast, live on the podcast, yeah, eternalization through uh, iTunes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then are we or getting SoundCloud or Stitcher or <laughs> <laughs> wherever you are listening? <laughs> but then are we getting into that that uh, that thing that common people do? You know, like yeah, we need to live every moment, right? Otherwise, one day we'll die and we'll regret it, right? Well, like I I think it's not necessarily about it's about yeah I don't think that's a bad idea living each moment, but I think it's about um, cont- recontextualizing. Or like contextualizing every moment that you can, or like your general experience of life, within this understanding of, um, you know, like the power somebody has that you've learned through the absence. So, like in your situation, you can understand, like on a very visceral level, that what, like understanding how important your grandmother was to you, through now understanding her absence. And that can permeate into all your other human relationships that you have because you start understanding, gaining a deeper connection to them through the presence because you've learned about the importance of someone's presence through their absence. No? No, no, I agree with that, actually. I don't think there's too much... There's not many arguments against that. And then if we focus on the, the actual death in a spiritual perspective, like, or in a transcendent perspective, because... You know, my mum was asking me for these answers, and I, I couldn't answer those questions. But, yeah, but where do you think, instead of our reaction to death, where do you think the dead go? Well, I think, like, at least from, like, a Hindu perspective, it is, I don't know, and there are a lot of, like, religious things, and it's hard to tell whether they're just things to comfort us. Yeah, exactly. Or whether they're right. grounded in certain truths. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes... Well, necessarily how I believe in something, um, believe in an idea of God or afterlife or something, is what I consider the essence of a lot of religious texts. Sometimes we'll manipulate that in a way to just 
do whatever is most comforting. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, but I think, like, maybe what your mum was looking for was to say that, you know, that actually that she's gone to a better place, that the actual afterlife is, yes. is a greater reality than this reality. So that's the funny thing, right? So we believe in reincarnation. So a lot of it was, you know, uh, I hope she gets reincarnated to a rich family. My grandmother grew up very poor. So it's like little things like that that the, everyone was comforting themselves with. Okay. But and you're not necessarily reincarnated into like a family, like a, a human, human body. Yeah. Human body in a family. Right? Yeah, but the, I think the most comfort is in being reincarnated in a human body. Yeah. Like I think if I was to tell because my it mother, feels like yeah, but at least she's living on. And, yeah, exactly. And her personality is living on in the same. Some, yeah, exactly. And maybe they may meet same, again. Yeah. Right. Or like the same life force may cross paths. Yeah. And it's quite cute. Like you put all her favorite things in the coffin before you cremate the coffin. So we put her favorite bag in there, her favorite sari. You put like coconuts so that she'll be, so she has water in the next life. Yeah, well hydrated in the next life. Put money in there. Yeah, exactly. Put money in her mouth, actually. It's quite a, Hinduism is kind of weird. I don't know how much of it. What's the, do you know what the symbolism is? So you'll be rich in the next life. But why in the mouth? Uh, So you're swallowing it. Because otherwise people will take money from you, even in the next life. Oh, really? Yeah, which, oh, and a lot of that seems quite made up. But that's what I quite like about Hinduism. A lot of it's like, if you want to put something in there, just, just put it in there. No. Right? I think what, that's actually something I noticed when I went to India, is there's a lot of like very like practical Rituals. elements. Yeah, to reincarnation, to, right? Well, no, to Hinduism, yeah. which, or like practical, which don't sound um, immediately what you would consider spiritual. Yeah, exactly. So I went to this ashram, ashram and... Um, uh, like, you know, there was this Sanskrit uh, written across the walls. And I asked um, my teacher that I was with, like, what, what, does, what does that say? What does that mean? And he's like, like, don't, it was basically like, don't trust people. Right? <laughs> and that doesn't seem overwhelmingly yeah, spiritual, right? It doesn't sound like what you That's think. That's very practical it. advice, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a few things, like, the other, you know, swallow the money so that people don't steal it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's very practical advice. Yeah. But then I suppose that makes sense, though, if this is just a stopgap, right? This is just a passage through the next life, right? Yeah. It makes sense to be quite practical about it rather than be overwhelmingly spiritual about it. Which isn't a contrast, though, because you sing all these songs and you say all these prayers to help her in the next life, which are very spiritual, but then you're also being quite practical about it as well. Yeah. But also, I mean, the, that moment of, like, that, I don't know, I haven't maybe experienced something as grand, but, like, times that I've been in hospital with people close to me have been sick or... I don't know, I feel that they, it just bring everything else kind of dissolves in the rest of your life and it just brings something like powerful and yeah, there's even true. some kind of, for me personally, like a certain peace that comes yeah. in that I'm actually like doing something of meaning now, you know, rather than like, like every day just like paying your taxes and going through things and like listening to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's going so, to say to me than buying an aubergine. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. seems so like monotonous. Like, yeah, that's so true. So we were all there when my grandmother passed, like the, the immediate family. We all got to say goodbye. And it was just, you're right, it just felt like the moment was taking on a deeper meaning, right? Because nothing else mattered in that moment. Yeah, and you. But do you think we can mimic that moment in our daily lives? Because you're right, we felt so at peace and it felt like nothing else mattered in the world. Is there a way to mimic that in our daily lives? Well, I think one one beautiful thing about um, like death is I it don't know can't it can't be mimicked. Um, it can't be mimicked. 
<laughs> no, well, I mean, there, well, okay, well, there is the like kind of uh, spiritual idea or that that ego death of like trying to die before you die, right? So you confront your death and the finitude of your being. Do you think it's possible to confront the finality of your death? I think, like, completely at peace with your with the idea that you are not immortal. Um, it's a very hard thing to do. Are you think, at peace with the idea that you're not immortal? No, 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 not at all, right? Me neither. Um, I, I don't. Maybe when I'm older, I don't think so it's I, something well, I could do right now. I'm, I don't think I'm like scared of death itself. Right? I'm scared of everything that comes around it. So I'm scared about the fact that um, I have like yeah, but a why, finite time why to would fulfill you be... a limited potential or a certain amount of potential. But have you? Um, what do you mean by potential? Well, I feel like I've been given certain things to do with my life. and um, But hasn't you know, everyone, right? But surely we have the choice to achieve that potential or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm worried that we won't get to season 10 of our podcast. Like, <laughs> we might only make 10, 9 seasons when we have the potential to make 10. You think we have the potential to make 10? I think we could, we could go on to 20. 20? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we might have to cut them down from like 21, 21 minutes. minutes. We might have to kill some of our family so we have only one Tesco's microwave. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I like the idea of every season just being the same episodes over and over again to see if our views change. Oh yeah, that could be yeah, that could be actually quite nice. Maybe maybe we'll do that and see if like Nietzsche's theory of eternal recurrence reigns true. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and if the afterlife is just the same whole thing, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or maybe in the next season we'll cook Sainsbury's microwave meals. See if that makes a difference. Yeah. Or waitress, because um, we might be rich after season one of the podcast. Okay, but we can't spend it all on microwave meals. What, what else would we spend it on? Um, yeah, I don't know. Wait, you're missing the point. So. Yeah, yeah. So immortality. No, wait, so you were saying that what's your fear of death? But it's not the well, fear of death. It's everything that surrounds death. Yeah. So, so one is the, uh, the fear of like not being able to, like having a sh- certain amount of time and having to fulfill my potential or whatever. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Um, and it's like, you know, that old question everybody asks, like, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you do? And I realized I would actually be like, uh, at least for the first few hours or something, <laughs> I would just sit down and try and f- finish my novel and then write instructions about, oh, uh, like to you or to my sister or something, exactly how I want, actually not to you because you would just be like, this is nonsense and just throw it I would just burn the instructions. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what would you want me to do with the instructions? No, because you wouldn't be meticulous enough. I would send it to somebody <laughs> who I know would like be very meticulous in how it was like executed. No, but why would you waste but, those final seven hours finishing a novel, right? So you can live on after death? No, it's not even to do with that. It's just to do with the fact that I've like fulfilled some like potential or what considered to be if there is any meaning to my life, like what could be a meaning to my life. Well, why don't you finish? And live then I go spend time with the people I love. So yourself? Yeah. Yeah, but why don't you... Yeah, yeah, but not myself and my computer, just me. <laughs> <laughs> and some tea. And some, like, you know, holographic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versions holograms. of other people. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but then... But that's a very, but ego, also, yeah. very egocentric fear of death, right? Um, like, I think that's a fear of death that everyone would have, that they may die no, without fulfilling their potential, right? That doesn't have to be an egocentric point of... Uh, but it, what about... I think, I, yeah. I think it is, and sometimes it's maybe too grandified. Like, we say, like, oh, I've got so much potential. And yeah, like that's this, it's, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. It's, it's very, It can be very narcissistic, and we think that, you know, yeah. who the fuck do you think you're a good like you're a writer and anybody cares about your words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you maybe can, that's because we don't have significant others or children, right? 
So maybe when we do have those things, it would change. We don't want to yeah. die because we don't want to hurt them. Or we, yeah, don't yeah, want, yeah. or we don't want to see them not grow up, right? We but don't I guess, I mean, that's also part of the sort of that's thing. That's like finishing the a novel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if would I you had children, in, I'd also... Huh? Would you leave me instructions on how to raise your children? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would, well, Just make I think leave. it depends how many. If I had two children, I'd like leave give instructions for one child <laughs> and then yet let you see what the other... How things go, and then you can just give me the feedback, and then I'll be like, "Okay, now I know how to raise children, or how not to raise." Children. Okay, and then I can then I can write my novel in the afterlife and pass it on to generations of how to raise children. Okay, so this is really interesting. So I just watched a uh, documentary on this nine-year-old Buddhist boy who one day woke up and started speaking about this monastery in Tibet and spawning all these memories that were from years and years ago. And they decided that he was a reincarnation of a great Tibetan monk. So they made him head of this monastery and people would come and pray to him in the north of India, right? Did this for two years. And then after two years, they say, you know, someone from Tibet should have come and collected you. One of your old disciples should have come. So you're not actually a great Tibetan monk. You're a fraud. So they kick him out of this uh, monastery. And his uncle says, no, 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 you are the great Tibetan monk. So they walk across India to Tibet. It takes them four months. Right? Four months. And uh, they get there to the border, and the Chinese say, no, you can't go in. So he he ends up going to a Tibetan monastery right on the border. Uh, And the uncle goes, okay, I'm going to leave you now. I'm going to go back home. And he goes, and the boy goes, when I finish my studies, I'll come home and take care of you. And he goes, no, when you finish your studies, I'll be an old man and you'll be a Tibetan monk, go to your monastery. And he goes, no, looking after you will be the best moment of my life. Right. And I thought it was so beautiful because he'd spent all this time trying to figure out who he was in his past life. But who he is in this life is just someone who's going to take care of his uncle. And maybe that allows yeah. you to know who you were in your past life. Yes. So, yeah. Understanding yeah. your purpose in this life. Yeah. Right? So, my mother's hoping that she'll meet my grandmother again when my grandmother is reincarnated in her next life. But my grandmother will hopefully use the memories of the life that she had with us to achieve a better purpose in her new life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's very beautiful. Yeah. That we actually... I guess that idea of learning still continues. Like there's still yeah. this building. And yeah. But also we spend so much time trying to figure out who we are. Maybe we should be trying to figure out who we were. Oh, but didn't you say the opposite about the monk? Yeah, yeah, okay. sorry. But he, at least he used, those, but he used those memories of who he was to learn okay. who he so was. So he thought he was this reincarnation. Yeah. But I mean, he's nine years old. How much can he possibly know? Well, I don't know. I feel like I know... Children who are a lot wiser than us. So I don't know if we've actually touched on a lot about death in this uh, podcast. Well, so I mean, death is a difficult topic, though. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm kind of torn between these two ideas, really. Like, yeah. one, I think death is this incredible thing because what it actually allows us to do is um, evade boredom on a deep level because we're we're consistently Finite. Like aware of the finite and the endingness yeah, yeah, yeah. of something. So that creates this ability to feel a certain immersion within the things we do that we find like 
this, uh, you know, this like rapture from certain things that we can just be like so joyous and we actually get up in the morning and go to work and we try to create beautiful moments and we try to create things and we try to make art and we do all these things. But you things. think that's all spurred by the fear of death? Or yeah. like the acknowledgement yeah, of death? Quite, well, possibly the fact that something's going to end. It's like when you're... When something is just sort of endless, then you're just a bit uh, like there's a lot of inertia and you're just like, like, well, I can do it tomorrow, right? It's even, you know, when, you're, when you live in an area... You never go to the things around yeah, you that's so because you, they're, they're always going to be there. And then when you move right. out of the area, you're like, why didn't I go to yeah, those? Yeah, and yeah. Then you're like, oh, I'll go there. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... I think it's a similar kind of thing that if you know, if we know we're just going to be immortal, like, what's the point in really like getting up and doing a podcast? We can do it next week. Yeah, right? I agree with that sentiment. And completely. so you're kind of, and but, but, but then you... on the other sense is that I feel that a lot of my anxieties and the way in which we deal with the world and maybe a lot of ego things like trying to eternalize ourselves yeah. are based on this kind of anxiety that we will die or this fear of um, the end of something. And to be maybe more at peace with that, I think would be quite beneficial. But I think maybe there's, there's a balance between the two ideas where we can have uh, a sort of a peaceful um, connection to death and... Um, see it as this beautiful thing that ends, but still also use it in a way that energizes us yeah, to yeah. actually fulfill our p- potential if we do have one. But I think, so I think the issue is as well that nothing in our life really ends. So even when a relationship ends, there's still the potential that one can get back together. Or even when you finish your university studies, there's still the potential that you can go and do more studies. Like there's nothing in our lives that actually ends. Yeah. Like and even if you have cancer, for example when you do your treatment and the cancer goes away, there's still the potential it can come back. Whereas death, I think, is the only thing that actually ends something. And we just don't know how to process that. Well, I guess we don't know if that's the end. I think it's just the unknown. Yeah, yeah, so, and also the thing about the things that you said, it's not only that they die, it's that they have um, residue yeah. that echoes. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. a certain resonance. It really something. reverberates, right? Yeah, yeah. Through, through yeah. our lives and through time. And so... I don't know why death would necessarily be different. There should, could be like, I think these ideas of the afterlife, we kind of say that it moves, that the same person lives in the same, in essentially the same form of personality, but maybe in a different form in yeah. the afterlife. But maybe it's Do just like Do you mean form like of a, personality or form of like force? Form of like the soul? Yeah. Well, we always think like, like you were saying with your mom, she wants to... Uh, that reincarnated into another body. Yeah, yeah. But in like in her head, I imagine what she's thinking is just essentially all the qualities. Everything is essentially the same. Yes, exactly. As your grandmother. Yeah, yeah. It's just she might have brown hair and yeah, exactly. Or, or she like might that. be a man, right? Or she might. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, that that same essence, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think maybe what becomes quite an interesting idea is the the the, the distinction between a soul or an essence. And a personality. And um, that maybe a personality is socially uh, constructed. Yeah. And actually a conditioned thing. Whereas an essence is just an energetic force that we don't know how it manifests. So I think sometimes we think that the personality and the soul are one that manifest in a body. Yeah. But maybe the soul manifests as a personality that manifests as a body. body. Right? Yeah. But then the soul is the the only thing that goes... Yeah, and yeah, the personality yeah. and the body are both social, social constructs. Well, right? 
yeah, the body's like biologic, like yeah, yeah, physical construction, yeah, yeah. personality as a social construction, and uh, soul as like a pre- like a preliminary kind of spiritual construction. Yeah, but where does your soul start? Stop rather than your personality begin, right? I think that's where we get confused. Yeah. It's it's, like, yeah. Like, does the personality go into the afterlife? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we know the body dies. And we know the soul goes, right? But what happens to personality? Yeah, exactly. That, I think that's... And is maybe the, maybe personality is soul. Or, yeah. Um, but I think it would, be, it would be very nice to think that the personality is soul. So even if she was reincarnated as a butterfly, she'd still have the same soul as my grandmother. Right, so whatever she reincarnates as, she'd have the same personality. That's my grandmother. Like, she'd be, she was a butterfly, she'd be forcing all the other butterflies to eat. You know, she'd be like a very giving uh, butterfly. Yeah. Right? Or caterpillar, rather, and then turn into a butterfly. But I guess that, and, like, that's also an interesting idea, like, generosity. Like, yeah. is this a is quality a of a personality or, or is it a soul? soul? Like, energy. Yeah. And I think you can have a generous spirit, you know, people also say yeah, exactly. talk, talk about generous spirit. spirit. Rather than generous personality, personality. right? Personality, yeah. So you can... So the giving, the giving of spirits, something, right? you can be not giving, like physically giving of something, but still be, be generous, a generous yeah. energetically. So actually, this is, if we move away from that, this is a good time for us to, to discuss the practicalities of death. So the most annoying thing about my grandmother's death was that she hadn't told us what the fuck she wanted us to do if she died. Like every time I would ask her, what do you want us to do when you die? She'd be like, no, 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 no. we'll discuss it next time. Yeah, right. it's very hard to. It's very hard to discuss, but it, that also means that you know we cremate the body and we're like, where where should we put the ashes, or what funeral? What where did you want your funeral? Like, who do you want us to invite to your funeral? So, but I think so. If you were to die, well, I think in the midst of season one, what would you want me to do? I think you guys like. I think you would know. Right? I would know. Well, I I don't know. I feel like the people close to us probably know as much as we know. No, but and you say that, but everyone has different views. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that's true. Everyone has. Uh, so there she, was really with your family. There was a lot of. Yeah, yeah. So she difference. loved India, but uh, so the prevailing theory is to send her to the ashes, drop her ashes in the Ganges, you know, the holy river. But not everyone can go to India, and she loved family more than she loved India. So the okay. alternative would be to go to like Windsor, and they've got like a beautiful river there, and then put the ashes there, but take the whole family in a minibus and make a day out of it. So it's like, would she want all the family to do that, or would she rather go to India? But I think, like, let's say, um, like, I think the energy behind both those ideas um, sort of pay reverence to her in a way that she would appreciate. Yeah, that's true. So whichever one we choose... Will will yeah. be fine with her, and they both show a sense of knowledge about the person, right? Right. But then that obviously creates drama between the family, right? Like whichever one we choose, there will be some people saying, you know, she would have wanted. Why are we doing this? We should do it like this, right? Yeah. Which is why I think, yeah, I should probably leave clear instructions. Yeah, that's true. But I guess you don't know necessarily when, or maybe she just wasn't so fast. Yeah, maybe every time I'm trying to ask her about death, she's like, I'm trying to watch this TV show where you just, uh, what are you doing? When I die, I die. Yeah, when I die, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what were her views on? Did you, did you know, like, her views on death? Like, no, so, uh, like just, afterlife and stuff? She's more concerned about, you know, feeding. Okay. But maybe that's the... Well, yeah, because you don't want to go into the afterlife on an empty stomach. 
No, I completely agree with that. No, but even when she was passing away, she was like, Sham, Sham, have you, have you eaten? I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't think that's really important right now. But uh, yeah, I have no, eaten. Yeah, I have. Don't My grandma is the same because she's yeah. in hospital now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to see her yesterday. And um, I'm trying, you know, I bought like some food. I was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. feed her as well. But she's got to be drinking water and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was getting so agitated about like me not eating. Yes, exactly. And she just, Elias, eat. eat. And then she exactly. gets angry at me if I don't exactly, right? eat. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it made me realize that uh, food and death and maybe more entwined than we thought. Because our grands were very, are very ill, were very ill, and yet they were still uh, wanting us to eat. Mm. So maybe as you're about to die, whoever you're meeting in the afterlife, it's like food. Food is the key. Well, maybe, maybe they're worried there's not like they don't have organic produce. And <laughs> but I, I think like for like our... Uh, because we're like whatever second or third generation Indians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our grandparents grew up in like much worse conditions than us, and the idea of being fed is a very important and hard thing to do. So, um, you know, we've got to try and yeah, we've got to. Tr- uh, they're always constantly trying to keep the survival. This idea of food, whereas we're so it's so easy for us. Oh, well, maybe that's why she's talking about food so much because food is the key to survival, right? Yeah, yeah. She's like, make sure you eat so you don't end up like me. Yeah, I think so. So that to keep you, yeah, yeah, maybe that's the answer. That's the answer. So we should eat more. Should we go? Let's go out to eat. Yeah. Let's go out to eat. Okay.